podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks. We're called Whistle, and this is true. We love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing, or murder. This is the Whistleblowers. Uh, I'm Martin Gritton, and sifting through the footballing froth this week with me is uh, almost a whistleblower regular. Uh, football writer and journalist John Bruin. Good evening, John. Good evening, Martin. How are you, sir? All right, yeah. Looking forward to the evening. Good, 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 good. And uh, joining John uh, and a whistleblower debutant from uh, from Derby, but no stranger to football, uh, comedian what, what, what and writer... You mean, what do you mean, but? Uh, well, from Derby, I probably but, phrased no that wrong, but I think it's probably right after the weekend's results. Yeah, right. Writer and comedian Mark Smith. Evening, Mark. Hello, mate. You're it's right. good to have you here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no. It's a real I, pleasure I, to be here in the... Uh, long time coming. In the studio at last, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Thanks for good having stuff. me, man. Well, um, let's first of all, let's uh, go to Labrooks because uh, if we sign up and deposit up to £50, Labrooks will put the same amount into your account, giving up to £50 worth of free bets. You can get that at bettheWhistleblowers.net. Um, okay, chap. so uh, we were talking about the weekend's results coming into this, and there was a few, obviously, a few games. After 11 games in, we, we start to look at things and say, look, the, the dust has settled a little bit in the league. So, John, where were you at the weekend? What, what game were you covering? I went to see Tottenham play Crystal Palace. Um, and I suppose if you look at that game, if you were going to say, you know, that's two, there's one team that's clearly going to be struggling against relegation, though I actually thought played quite well in that game. And I do see signs of hope for Roy Hodgson. And then Tottenham, who are in that top six. And one of the things actually about the season now is the top six that we all predicted is the top six. Yeah. And that's the way it's going to stay. Um, that game actually, um, Tottenham didn't play well. They looked tired after beating Real Madrid. That was always likely to happen. A few players missing. That's a, that's a great phrase to be able to say for them, though, isn't yeah, it? Imagine well, you know. looking tired after beating Real Madrid is something any football club. There's, would be there's proud nothing of. wrong with that. There's nothing. You're allowed to be tired three days after. I was at the game. As you well. were there, yeah. yeah. And um, I agreed. Spurs weren't good, but this is the this is the sort of result that in the past a Spursy performance would be to drop points here. Yeah. And they didn't. And and however they got there, they got there. And it took a, you know, a reasonably late for that for that game goal from Son to win it. Yeah, and also the thing is like Son um people talk about Tottenham and they talk about Harry Kane obviously who is the best striker in Britain. Uh, they talk about Deli Ali, and you know he wrote himself into you know continental newspapers of the goals against yeah. uh, Real Madrid, and there's Christian Eriksen as well, who you know slowly is sort of you know moving towards that Kevin De Bruyne territory of you know being the creator supreme. But Son is pretty decent fourth wheel to have in your team. Yeah, absolutely, good player, yeah. a good player, and also showing that. Um, if we were probably talking about Jose Mourinho at a certain point, but you can buy good players from Europe and make something of them. I like the point you raised there about Deli Ali getting into the uh, the foreign papers. It was always something that on you know Gazzetta della Sport when you know see Jim Richardson reading it on yeah. uh, you know Football Italia. Any time that a footballer is mentioned in this country, it, it is telling that that they get some European recognition because it doesn't happen a lot. And when they do, the Europeans generally get it right, apart from maybe Steve Archibald, but. You know, that was well, he was a good player. Steve Archibald was a good player. <laughs> Thank I mean, you, you're leaping to his defence. Well, no, go, go to Barcelona, ask about Steve Archibald, and if you don't run into him into a bar, which I'm told you might do, yeah. uh, they, 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 they will tell you. He looked like he'd run into a few bars. But. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, you're right, though, Grits. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where we are a nation that loves to hype up our players. Yep. And we do that 
internally. We yeah. talk about it within within the country. We talk about it, but to get that next level, and that absolutely is foreign press, especially you know from Marca or whoever in in, yeah. in Spain. That's a that's a really big deal. Not many players get that. I don't. I, I don't think that's happened really since um, Bale. Yeah, Bale would be one actually. If you actually think about that Tottenham performance against Real Madrid, yeah. it was like Bale against Absolutely. into those two games. Mm. And also going back to Steven Gerrard and Frank Lampard, two players that you know European clubs would look and like these are two of the best players yeah. in Europe. Yeah. And Deli Ali looks a player that has that potential. Got a long way to go. Dynamic, because- dynamic enough to make an impact, isn't it? It's the players that break the lines, players that do things that affect games. It's not, you know, this, I always find that the sitting players, the, the galactical versions of like kind of Figo, you know, those. I mean, very technically lovely players to watch, but didn't always necessarily burst the lines and create. And Beckham was like that yeah. to some extent, but were beautifully cultivated cultural mm. footballers. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think Ali's is slightly different because there's that, there's that whiff of sulphur about him, isn't there? Yeah. Um, the player people compare that's him to... That's Milton Keynes, that's definitely... Yeah, that's probably, the end Being next to the Pendolino for all those years, you know, it's that's just all that whiff of sulphur. Yeah. Yeah. He's so angry. <laughs> <laughs> You're just up the road, though, to be fair, in, in uh, the East Midlands. You're technically on, the East mate. Midlands. Yeah. I'm further than a couple of miles up the road. I'll tell you what, I think Derby. I've been on more Pendolinos than you have over the years. Well, that's certainly a mark in the sand. Well, yeah, but you're right. Listen, the, the most important thing as well is the fact that Tottenham haven't played City twice this season. They've still got to play them. Yeah. That's perhaps the only, or the last throws for the rest of the top six for them to get any sort of ground back on City. I don't no? agree with that. No, I, I think good. that... <laughs> yeah, it is good for the for the dynamic <laughs> of this. That the, the season has started very similar to last season, where City, to be fair, look a notch above any point last season. And they are playing football, the like of which I've not seen really since probably Arsenal Invincibles time. Yeah. However, we've still got to see them play in winter with those players in short sleeves and gloves, which yeah. they love. Um, I don't know what they're going to be like in that. It, it could be I'm completely wrong and they go and dominate all season. But, but I don't think it's just on, Spurs. It's this not is based on your, you were just saying, mentioning this. You were saying that this has happened before though. It's happened before. Yeah. I, I, which, I, which reinforces it rather than I, it just being I, a kind of jingoistic. Yeah, but I, 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 I don't at, think that Spurs are the only thing stopping City. Yeah. I think City have still got to go. We saw what happened at, um, was it uh, Watford at the start of the season? No, yeah. no, uh, Bournemouth. It was someone. City. Well, Bournemouth was, scored in the last minute. Yeah, yeah. Watford they beat But that in January is a different proposition, Yeah, I think. So I think those sorts of games, and there are plenty of those in this league, those sort of games, that's what will separate Man City from uh, winning the league at a canter, winning it by two points, or, or not winning it at all. Yeah, I think I, these I, are the months. I, I was chatting to uh, a, a friend of mine, a colleague this morning, just about this. I mean, there's this idea that City will win the, the, the league by Christmas. And we were talking about teams that had, that had done that. The only one I can think of in the Premier League era, I remember Manchester United beating West Ham on New Year's Day, 4-0, 5-0, 6-0. The normal score they used to beat West Ham by, and the fans were singing, you know, we won the league again, this time on New Year's Day, you know, which was the yeah. way. And they, they had, I mean, I think they, that was the season they beat Arsenal 6-1. But he actually pointed out to me that when City's 2011-12 team under Mancini actually scored more goals by this time in the season. Oh, right, that's really? a good note. That's a good start. And, of course, required a goal in the 97th minute uh, of the final game of the season yeah. to win the league. So, I'm not familiar with that goal. What, what was that? Okay, well, <laughs> let's not talk about it. But uh, and, and, and also, uh, you know, uh, let's look, look at... Um, 
I, I was at Derby County once. Uh, Go on, Derby. Yeah, yeah and uh, I remember hearing Jose Mourinho being asked, you know, can you win every game this season? Can you win the quadruple? All this type of thing. They were playing him in a League Cup team game. And this was a point where Chelsea were winning every game. And if you remember that season 2014 15, on New Year's Day, they lost 5 3 at Tottenham. Yeah. And City went yeah. level with them on goal scored, goal difference, everything, having been eight points behind them yeah. so I mean Chelsea did actually win the league by 8 points but that's you know swings happening this Absolutely. season and also Jose made the point in this press conference yesterday or two days ago this this isn't France this isn't Germany it's not Italy 8 points in the Premier League is a different proposition to those yeah, leagues that's very true you, you've got a lot of teams that can do damage in the top 6 you've got yeah. a lot of teams every game is competitive here and even you know you um, maybe not West Ham, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of teams you well, go to. It's a tough game. We'll come back onto West Ham later, but the, the checks and balances of the, the the thing about the Premier League is they've got the money to spend. So the teams that are struggling know how much it costs to stay in the league and how valuable it is to stay in the league. Yeah. Even when I was playing in League Two, League One, you know we had teams that were at the bottom of the league. You knew they'd come back at you, and they'll be the teams that kind of regroup, also sign some key players. Yeah. So imagine with the Hawthorns that you know, like you yeah. say, in, the, in January. February, you know, driving past it is even a, a chill down the spine just because it's so high up. But at the same time, there is a there's a very real argument that those games become a completely different proposition. Which I think you're both making that point. And by the way, I'm not saying that I don't think City will win the league. That's not what I'm saying at all. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't think it's going to be the the 25 well, point spread that they think it's going to be. I just yeah. can't see yeah, yeah, it. It, it. Might well be, but I don't think it will be. If we compare it actually to that season I mentioned, 2000 2001, Manchester United had. Arsenal to compete with who were on the way down and sort of rebuilding a little bit under Arsene Wenger and there was nobody else to yeah, compete yeah. with them nobody else actually funny enough that season Liverpool did win a, a treble but they were concentrating on other stuff not a real treble though but no, yeah, yeah well that's not yeah <laughs> come no, on I, I totally agree with you on that one but you know but, but it, it's it's um, it, you know, you've not got the challenger to Man. you've got more challengers to Manchester City you've got you would have thought so. Having said that, I do think that one of the problems is that a lot of players have bought a certain standard of player and a lot of those teams are beatable. Things will change when clubs change managers. They are starting to yeah. do now. It will be more difficult. Yeah, they'll get, absolutely they'll get more at the place. I think while we're, while, we're, while we're up there, while we're up in Manchester, the Manchester United versus Chelsea had the marks of because obviously people expect Manchester United to be challenging uh-huh. from this season and, and for whatever reason but sometimes some people would say you know after the, the the kind of mentality of going into the nil-nil with Liverpool has that kind of been a stumbling block for them to lose momentum because I know that both of you kind of keep an eye on Man United results so you know yeah. it's, it's it's certainly something that the Chelsea game had they just lost a bit of steam was there a shape of it? I think one of the things is you've got to look at Mourinho's dreadful record in away games against the top six at this point. Um, it's almost altering his momentum. Um, Manchester United at, at Stamford Bridge started the game playing the first 20 minutes yep. on the front foot. But they're not used to sustaining matches on the front foot like maybe Tottenham are, Manchester City are. They ran out of ideas, got frustrated. Chelsea came back into the game. And the ability to regroup, get back into the game, was lost. So they revert back to type. Uh, and in, in the away games, the way that Jose Mourinho wants to play that, eventually Fellaini, who hadn't been fit enough to start, comes on, yeah. and then you resort to lumping the ball long. Yeah. You have to make, you have to change stylistically, change it. I mean, sorry, go on, but, but it seems mad to me. So 
I'll preface this by saying, obviously, I don't know anything like the amount of stuff that Jose knows. Of course I don't. I don't know anything. But from my point of view, it's like boxing. A good big guy beats a good small guy. In the Chelsea game, yeah. a good three-man midfield beats a good two-man midfield. Uh-huh. It just does. Because Mkhitaryan, you can't put in that bracket of being a centre midfielder. He's not, he's not that. He never will well, be he's that. He's playing the wrong position, yeah. Yeah. As a more general note, I think momentum is the hardest thing to, to, to gather in football. And to relinquish that so easily as United did in the Liverpool game seemed to me to be a cardinal sin. I don't think you can do that. You can't relinquish momentum that easily. They've gone from beating all these teams, and yeah, they're, they're teams that aren't up to much, but they're beating them three and four. They go and play Liverpool, and they go, right, well, Liverpool, they've got no Mane, they've got a shaky defence, and we're not even going to attack them. Yeah. I think in the mind of your United players, they're thinking, well, what, what are we doing here? I don't know what really we're doing here anymore. They then they draw that game, they go to Benfica, they get a dodgy win with that yeah. keeper error. They then horror show at Huddersfield. They somehow beat Spurs, which could have been any result. Yes, and then the Chelsea game was an extension of that. And as much as I think Jose is the right man for United, I still do. I just feel like the, that negativity is is porous. The players pick up on that. They know what's going on. Uh, well, uh, I would disagree with you. If, if, if that's the negativity, is, is his quality, which you know it doesn't come out just from. The, the, the matches it's some of the other stuff that's going yeah, on yeah. well his attitude and his personality have affected things certainly yeah, people's and, and, opinions and, and, and of him it's going like out he, being a tactically defensive guy and saying I'm going to grind the results obviously people aren't going to be fans of that but if you if you are winning those games it's almost you know some of the kind of not Peric victories but certainly they've Chelsea have lost a lot of ground by putting so much into a victory of getting across the line as, as, when they did the, win the championship the next season, they were f- they were they were in a lot of trouble, you know. But but I also I'm not I'm not saying that Jose's tactics. I have no problem with them going to Liverpool and not allowing Liverpool to play expansive football yeah. to their strengths. Of course, you don't let them do that. But to go from scoring threes and fours to not really giving it a proper shot, I yeah. think. But I, I think that that filters to the squad, and they think I don't know where we are now. If you play like that, or you you can only win. Otherwise, you've got to take the criticism. Yeah. And his problem is that he can't take the criticism yeah, when they right. don't win. Yeah. And that's that's what the problem is. And that's when he starts, de- you know, calling out Romelu Lukaku. Then he starts... Or the physio or whoever. The, yeah, and then he starts complaining about the fact that maybe he's not got the money he wants at Manchester United. Yeah. And, what, and it's like, come on, mate. Well, listen, that's that's another point that's come up today. So Man United, there's, there's, there's been whisperings from the boardroom saying that he has to sell before he can buy. You know, yeah. he spent 285 million on six players. That's something that would make financial sense, but is that something that you think, is it just a case of clearing some dead wood for him? Well, yes. I mean, he, he is the manager who's written off a lot of the players as not good enough. So presumably, if you're... He's got to do that. Money wood, okay, yeah. we'll get rid of them. Now, the, one of the problems is that a lot of those players are on big contracts and you're going to have to sell. <laughs> the problem is, if, you, if they earn a lot of money... It's difficult to sell them for a lot of money at the same time. You know, these deals even out because, you know, the transfer fee is the headline, but actually the wages are the big yeah. deal there. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to shift out Deadwood in the way that he has. But I mean, he managed to do that last year. He shifted out players like Schneiderlin and so on. It is possible. Uh, but I think I think from, from Mourinho's point of view, maybe he misjudged what Manchester United is. Because, you know, Manchester United is a club run by owners who are carefully managing a debt and so on. And he went into Manchester United thinking, hey, this is the club where I get to spend everything that I want. He thought it was Man City. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. 
And the fact is, only one manager gets to do that, and that's mm. Pep Guardiola these days. But at the same time, I, I feel like he's only not top of the league because of a particularly outstanding Man City side. Yeah. Um, otherwise, any other year, he's top of the league by five points. Yeah, perhaps, point. but they're still not playing in the same way that you would expect. They've played well in some ways, but not, you know, listen, I think, I think with their Man City, it's a completely dis- different proposition yeah. anyway, because yeah. there's some results. But listen, we could chat about that all night. I know that. Uh, we have a few other things to pick up on after the break we're going to talk about perhaps the biggest talking point of the weekend something that happened out East London The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks Okay uh, just back from the break now um, we're going to focus on perhaps the biggest story of the weekend and we're joined by uh, a man from the West Ham podcast who is also part of this family the podcast family uh, Jim Grant how are you Jim? Hiya hiya fine thanks good man good man well, lovely we, to be here we haven't touched <laughs> upon it just yet but um, we've all been kind of biting our tongues on that a little bit because yeah. it was perhaps the biggest story of the weekend yeah. so um, we all have opinions on it but in, we'd love to hear your thoughts on perhaps first of all Billich and, and kind of how that played out and and the new guy that's coming yeah well there was so much wishful thinking about Bilic um, we adored him ex-player real cult figure when he played so there was everybody was willing him to do to do so well but I think the writing was on the wall now you sort of take stock and reflect you know the writing was on the wall kind of for longer than we probably probably realised yeah. uh, there were even in the great season we had with Payet there were some horror show performances particularly defensively away at Watford was a, was a nightmare yeah. um, so uh, and, and in a way I think he got longer time than than a lot of managers would have done with the same level of of, of, of performance and outcome, really. Do you I think, think? Do you think that was because um, because they hadn't made up their mind? They wanted to replace him with someone, or is that something that they just kind of wanted to give him as good a grace as possible? Or, or, or do you think maybe he got more time because of his playing career with the club? Uh, well, I think in terms of the fans, I think they knew, knew the fans, so they had to, I think, in some senses, wait until clearly the, the, the worm was turning as far as the fans were concerned. But um, I also think what they wanted to do, being a little bit cynical about it, what they wanted to do was survive this season, wind his contract down, and, uh, you know... Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, that was what I was going to say, Jim. That, the, the, David Sullivan, David Gold run the club... Along those lines, they let Sam Allardyce see out his contracts in a similar way. You actually look back to their stewardship of Birmingham. They had three big managers there, Barry Fry, Steve Bruce, um, and Trevor Francis, in fact. And multiple times the fans would have said, you know, it's time to go. And they let all those pretty much see it out until it was an irretrievable situation. The same has happened to Billich, I think, this time around. Yeah. I think actually, you know, you talked about the way that the fans have turned. The Liverpool game last season in May, when they lost 4-0. Four nil. Nil. Yeah. Remember that was the one where they had the lap of honour? Did you stay around for the lap of honour? Yeah, no. No, no, yeah. Okay, well, well, if you did, you would have been one of about 150 people. Because, yeah, you know, yeah, because... Yeah. I always stay at the end of the game. I don't leave early into the games. Unlike but yeah, that, that days, place but cleared out fast. Oh, and that probably told yeah. you, yeah. or me certainly, yeah. that... Uh, it was over for Bilic at that yeah. point. And he'd had problems a year ago. Yeah. Um, but they, I, I totally agree with you, Jim. They wanted to, for him to see yeah. out the contract. But I think the thing is with the Premier League, um, well, we've seen it with Newcastle, we've seen it with Sunderland, where Debbie Moyes has come from. If you try and just tread water, 
that's trouble. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's what West Ham have got. Uh, I think that's absolutely yeah. right. I mean, his head's been scrambled for a while and, yeah. and, and the, the, the scramble in his head has been visible in the scramble on the pitch, really. Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't know what yeah. his best team is, playing people out of position, just throwing it all up in the air, seeing how it comes down and hoping that something's going to click. And then yeah. when something sort of clicks, hang on to it for the next week. But of course, it's, as, you know, it's not set in stone. Yeah, yeah, it's stuff, and, like, stuff like Arthur Masuaku, you know, who yeah, uh, made yeah. uh, your grip. Fairly limited footballer, <laughs> yeah. but it was one game at Swansea, wasn't it? He set up a goal when coming on as an auxiliary left winger, yeah. And suddenly yeah. that's that's Whipped the, in a cross, and suddenly and that's an idea to, to yeah. conjure with. And yeah, yeah. You know, I feel sorry for Slaven because yeah. I found him a personal guy, enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, but yeah, he he'd lost it, and and also he's a motivator, but he's not a tactician. Yeah. So they're always able to turn around things at half time, but. Yeah. Well, that's, well that's the thing in terms of the man that's coming in so let's, let's move on to David Moyes because um, do we have to? <laughs> I think we have to I think we fairly have to will, what will he bring and will he bring a managerial team with him to kind of address some of those issues? Oh, well, I think yeah I think the, back, the backroom staff have gone as well so so Woods the, the, goal, the goalkeeping coach is the only one who stayed and I think he's worked with um, Moyes before old friend yeah yeah so uh, obviously, yeah, there will be there will be. I mean, this has been set up for a while. One, yeah, one Stu- Stuart Pearce is an interesting one. Stuart Pearce, uh, as an assistant manager, to me, looks like Sullivan, Gold, Karen Brady, panicking a little bit and thinking, "Can we get a West Ham okay, legend? Yeah. Can we get because because Julian Dix has yeah. gone out? Well, it's a bit like yeah. what they did. It's a little bit like what they've with done Dixie, with, yeah. with what they did with Dix. He didn't really yeah, seem to contribute in. anything. Uh, you yeah. know, well, he did, he did his cruciate in training. Yeah. Which you know. it's not a contribution. It's <laughs> such, you know, <laughs> but Pierce is the, the 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 missing charisma and man management. They're hoping yeah. that is yeah. that is Stuart Pierce, right? Yeah. So they're trying to make up. And there's a, little, a le- well, there's a legacy there. about that, isn't there? There's a legacy about someone like Stuart Pierce. You bring into the club that gives you this kind of. I broke my leg twice with this club. This iron, yeah. this yeah. kind of you know yeah. definitive thing. My legs Forest, mate. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> 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 stop stop yeah. bringing up Derby. <laughs> but no, well, that, well, that's the thing. So, Moise, but is there an element of that where we're looking at this in just this kind of naive way where we're like, oh no, well, it's all about. It's all about David Moyes and his failures over the last few years, and there is there is a good manager in there. I mean, listen, I, I I got battered by one of his Preston teams in the FA Cup, but I know that plenty yeah, like I'm, El Hardly. There, mm-hmm. do you remember Martin? I've seen you play against a David yeah, Moyes well, team. Oh yeah, you did, but that was Everton. That was one of Everton, and then he couldn't get, even get in the team that day. He came was, on as a sub. Yeah, yeah, he came on. We could beat one 0 He warmed up in front of me. Yeah. Like Max Town. Yeah. I was at Max. I played for Max by the way. So just to give some relevance there. Uh, um, yeah, but uh, David Moyes, uh, you know, when his ascendancy through for Preston and kind of like you know he's 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 paid his dues as a manager. He's not just kind of arrived there and then obviously the it's, he seems to have been tired by Man United wow. and it's stuck with him. I agree. with you. I mean, twenty years ago he was one of England's really exciting up and coming young God. managers. Jeez, that's frightening. So me. Preston and he did about eleven, twelve years at Everton, didn't he? And yeah. and yeah. what they did at Everton, I. I thought, which at that time was, was 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 typical of the club in some respects. I've got a lot of time for Everton as a club. Um, is they stuck with him even though he had some wobbly seasons. They had, they flirted with relegation a couple of times uh-huh. in his early mm. seasons there, but then had good seasons and they stuck with out, him. Is it, it eight out of nine top eight finishes, something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. But you know, um, but yeah. that's. Well, when was that? How was the last time he was at Everton? Is it six, seven years ago at least? Yeah. Isn't it? Maybe 2013 maybe he left Everton. It's only four years. It's been quite okay. an event for four, four years. years it, today. Seems, yeah. it seems a long time. It's, a, it's, been, a, yeah, it's been a long yeah. time for some of the yeah. clubs he's managed as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I think football moves on quickly, though, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. Tactically and in terms of, you know, the whole kind of sports science side of it and everything, you know, and you wonder whether... Yeah, how how up to speed is he with with uh, with things? He's had a, some pretty confidence denting experiences. Mm. I, I would imagine he's got to have been very resilient to have come through. Um, not that's, a good. That's a, a good, very good point. Yeah. You're saying like, you know what he's come through. Yeah. You know it's difficult. Absolutely. But my my thought on this is that uh, Billich lacked a tactical nous that you need. Yeah. And there's that thing people talk about um, not Pulis this year, but Pulis in, in previous years. That you know they are well organized, or Dice side is well organized, or a Marco Silva side is well organized. Well, for me in the Premier League, that is the least you should expect. Yeah. All teams should be well organized. Yeah. That's, that's all you should expect. Absolutely. But but Moyes coming in now, and yeah, he's got a bad rep, and we all take the mick or whatever yeah. because of United and, and Sunderland as well. But they are a sinking ship, it turns out. Yeah. I think that West Ham now will be far more organized. We will not be allowing two on one on corners anymore that won't be happening you won't see Hernandez at left wing back hmm. probably not at all actually in fact, <laughs> in fact, in fact, can I tell you what he'll do at corners go on uh, everyone goes back for corners <laughs> absolutely it's a bare minimum when you're in the <laughs> everyone goes back, back for corners it's, uh, yeah. it's, you, you mentioned that ta- uh, Billish lacked tactical now and I'm sure, I'm sure that's true but actually in those first few games there was a glorious sunny day at the Emirates where, where we beat them 2-0 and everyone was saying playing Reese Oxford in front of the back four and playing very narrow at the back was a, was a masterstroke and then we went away we beat Man City yeah. away we beat uh, I mean you look like the first time in years I didn't go to Anfield yeah. uh, having been waiting for that moment since 1963 <laughs> we bloody well won um, but they had an know, identity at that point yeah. in his first six months he had this counter-attack and identity yeah. of being yeah. the best team on the break yeah. in Europe they looked yes, unbelievable yeah. it was cavalier stuff and we were, we, we were getting players into the box when we were attacking you know um, if you look when in that game at Anfield when um, 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 the ball comes across and Noble scores the second goal there's six West Ham players in the box yeah. I mean I, well that hasn't happened since but that, 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 to me, that, that is tactically astute but defensively not it doesn't mean it's organised and that's where they've come unstuck I, I suppose he had the residual Allardyce organisation yes, in the defence that's, that's a that common thing through, actually yeah. um, when David Moyes left Everton remember he left a team with a very strong defence uh, Jagielka Baines Seamus Coleman yeah. Distan I think it was Martinez, the following year, reaped the benefits of that. They challenged for, for uh, top four, yeah. played really good football. Everton fans said, you know, yeah, Moyes, you know, they used to sing a song about, you know, stuck with Moyes, playing in a negative way. But actually, once Martinez had to sort of mess with that defence a little bit, funny enough, bringing in John Stones, then it started unravelling a bit. Mm. And I think that's what happened with uh, Slav. You know, he, ultimately... And I think the other thing we should mention is the Payet thing. Because yes. Payet, at a certain point in that first season, was the best player in the league. Yeah. He was yes. absolutely brilliant. It and the best player to watch in the league. Yeah. Yes. When a game in your own in the Premier League takes takes him doing, and he had that ability, which was, you know, and people wanted to watch him, and everyone wanted him. He it was an absolutely him. fantastic player. and it, So destructive that he's destructed his own career, you know, by doing it, yeah. you know, essentially. Because France is not a team that you can just walk into, you know. It's, uh, yeah. He's going to struggle to get... Any sort of time with them? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think um, 
And I think it's a bit of a shame for Lanzini actually at the moment. Yeah, He's expected yeah. to step into that. Yeah. Lanzini's a good player, he is, is as you know, player. Jim. Yeah. But, yeah. Yes, he is a very good player, but uh, he can't carry. He can't carry the whole creativity he can't carry of the team, of the team like on, on, could, on his yeah. own. Yeah. Um, you know, what do you think happens to Lanzini and Hernandez with Moyes? Do, do you think Moyes goes old school? And plays four four two with Carroll and Hernandez, or Hernandez getting wiped out. Of I this? think he had flair players at Everton. He liked he liked to, he liked yeah. a flair player, um, and uh, I think I think Lanzini's up his street in that respect because he puts a shift in as well. Yeah. He's not just he a, can play he's not just image, a yeah. pretty footballer. He he's yeah. sticks he sticks a tackle in and 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 works hard. So <laughs> I think he'll like him. I think I'll work with him. I'm not so sure about. I've I've been a little bit disappointed with with Hernandez. Really, he's looked a little bit lost and, and forlorn. Uh, we we. It's a bit like uh, we'd had a few good seasons with the, of, of transfer activity. We were, the times when we brought in players like Payet and, and Lanzini and Cuarte and, and, and so on. But the last couple of transfer windows have been have been chaotic. It's been like just trying to find someone, Plugging holes. chucking it all yeah. in, and, 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 and we didn't, I think, really have a game plan as to how Hernandez was going to yeah. fit into the team. He was a high he was just player. unavailable high-profile. Yeah. I, I do signing. think, however, yeah. he is one of the best. Finishers oh, it's a in the box. Yeah. He's the Mexican have, Francis have, Jeffers, isn't he? He's front, a fox yeah. in the box. Yeah. You have to have like a front-loaded momentum, though, to but, have these. To yeah. get the best out of these players, you need to kind. Of, these guys can't lead the line. They can't, you know, the discipline it takes to kind of be a, a striker and sniff off like one or two chances, and that, that's essentially what their strikers are kind of restricted to. Unless yeah. you know Andy Carroll, if, you know, if he was if he was fit. Perhaps I'm biased as a big striker talking about it. But in terms of leading the line and defending high up the team, I'd want him back in the box for set pieces as well. It'd be Definitely. quite handy for well, that. Moyes and Hernandez had a difficult relationship during that season. Moyes was at um, yes, Manchester United. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. Uh, he sold him, right? No, well, no, he didn't. But he, he Did Van Gaal sell him the year after? Well, hang on, where did, hang on. Hernandez at one point was at Real Madrid on loan, wasn't he? Because they yeah. were short of a striker. I think yeah. Benzema got injured. Um, and then it was Van Hull that sold him because if you remember that famous where he takes a penalty, misses it uh, against, yeah, yeah, against yeah, a Belgian yeah. team and Giggs and Van Hull look at just, each other yeah. and, and that's <laughs> it. Roll. It was the eye-roll gift and then he of went the to year, wasn't it? <laughs> Leverkusen. I think, I, I agree with Jim actually, when I, I've seen him at for West Ham this season body language has not been great but you know and I think that's possibly the reason because he hasn't been told what to do by Slavon Bilic also the ball isn't going he isn't prepared to work as hard as he did in the, when he first played for United he wasn't his touch on the ball was not fantastic but, yeah, but Ferguson made him just yeah, run but you're just a new show a soul scar it's just like coming on just putting the ice like the cherry on the top of the yeah, cake yeah. it's like Ed, you know, you'd all in, love to be that guy but important goals as yeah, well I remember for United but you put a ball in that way, box the away Stoke uh, back header oh amazing goal, you yeah. line yeah. a dead body up in that box and it scores some really important goals for United that's what we said about you when you were playing that's exactly what they said about me but yeah it didn't happen there you go I think it's just you know you you He's used to playing in teams that dominate possession, that yeah, that, that yeah. are you know strong on the ball, that, that wear opponents down. It's a different yes. kettle of fish playing for a team like West Ham, who very often are not going to be dominating Starting games, those games. Yeah, exactly. week in, week out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, listen, Ed, you know, Moise has said that he's hungry to get things right, so we'll just have to wait and see the results of that. Him, yeah, I absolutely. Like him. I think he's onto a lot of adversity. I'm, I'm going to go and hear from. David tomorrow, and I'm very interested. Report back to us, John. We well, want to no, see I'm, this. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what he's yeah, got I to am. say because um, we all recall that 
rather morose way he approached the Sunderland job. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. I don't know if there was a picture today on Twitter. There was a sort of four shots of David Moyes doing various poses with a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it look like he's trying to, you know, yeah. <laughs> show that he's a bit, got a bit more banter about think, him? Well, I really hope not. I think one thing he's done right that Allardyce got wrong... Um, yeah, and I, I I always thought it was the biggest mistake that Allardyce made was when he came to the club. He 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 instantly sort of uh, um, slagged the fans off and and was kind of did said all the kind of wrong things. And I know that's what you believe, Sam, but you didn't have to say Don't that. Say it, you mate. just had to put a smile on your face and say, you know, you, it's a checklist of things, isn't it? Yeah. Big clubs, fantastic fans, passion, whatever. And and his press conference, you know, was his first interview. Uh-huh. Moises ticked all those boxes he yeah. said at least he said all the right but things but Moyes to me struck me as someone more like a, a grief counsellor at a hospital <laughs> delivering <laughs> bad news yeah the way he carried it I just yeah. thought the well, right uh, words uh, are there yeah, 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 yeah well I you know I just think I, I just can't see it ending well I well, can't, I can't hear wait more for us. I, I, I won't think of him as a West Ham manager until he's done the cross arms. Jim, I hope you stay, you stay with us next week. We're just going to talk about a few other teams in the kind of same area. Cause, well, not in the same area, but in terms of the the top six dominated the, the start of this chat. But, we, but I want to focus on the, the, the embarrassment at Richie's in the top six, moving down to the guys that have done tremendously well. Because we're in that position now. We've got Burnley, Brighton. Watford, Huddersfield occupying some to 10th. I know that there's a there's not a big gap between that and the bottom of the table, but to get to those points and to actually get and put yourself in that position. I mean, Jim, you know, well, being a West Ham fan, and we were chatting about Moyes at Chelsea, about Everton, just even to be in the frame for those positions, those guys, how well those managers have done and how hard they've worked, you know, a great response already. Have you been to see any of the teams so far? I've seen none of those four you've mentioned there. I've seen them on TV. Yeah. And I've seen extended highlights, but I've not seen any of them in, in the flesh, which is always different. But the four you mentioned there have been... Any manager of those four could be, for, for this point in time, manager of the year, yeah. I think. Yeah. Take, take yeah. Pep out of Agreed. it. Let's assume that yeah. he's, he's playing different level football. These guys, to see someone like Sean Dyche on a limited budget, bringing through players like the way he is, and being competitive in every game, even the games they're losing, they are really competitive. Yeah. They are they a they tough give, they team give nothing, to play against. They give nothing, don't they? Nothing's left on the pitch. No. And they've got players like we said before, um, Jeff Hendrick yeah. coming through. He, he's identified someone. He's taken them from my beloved Derby County, yeah. but he is he's improved him and he's playing him in the Premier League. And and it, it's, it's a, that's a big that's not that's not a a mean feat. That is an impressive thing yeah. to be able to do. Uh, Wagner at Huddersfield, oh, Ditto. I mean, the, yeah. again, I moaned earlier about the, the organisation, well organised, but they are all, they're all well organised teams, but have something else about them that is letting them be in the top 10 in the Premier League, yeah. the, the top league in Europe. We'll, we'll come back to that. A bit, I, I, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen all of them play, actually, yeah. this season. Um, oh, mate. Sorry. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> Someone's uh, doing all right. Uh, yeah, well. Uh, and, and I have to say, at times, these teams can struggle, yeah? Um, but what they have, and I think this is something that West Ham fall into this bracket, Everton fall into this bracket, Sunderland have done, uh, Aston Villa... To be a sort of more self-contained, smaller club in the Premier League is actually an easier existence than clubs like those that I mentioned before who have that aspiration. Yeah. And Absolutely. that's the problem that these clubs are stretching themselves. So those clubs, you know, you've been in managers' offices and they will yeah. have like a target, you know, we need to be at this point, this point, this point, this point. Whereas the clubs that are bigger have a sort of the sky's the limit type of yeah, thing yeah. and they end up 
shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah. And so each of those managers, you know, Wagner, Chris Hewton, Sean Dyche, uh, Marco Silva in particular, absolutely, they they, they have a plan. And it, they can work to a plan, and no one's really picking apart their plan. The problem is actually if they get a bit more successful, and then people to, to move them on. Absolutely, but they're in a honeymoon period, and they're doing really well out of it at the moment. And yep. maybe that's the story of the season. You've got the top six, and then it's the next, it's the next four or five. Yeah, Jim, exactly. who's caught your eye, Jim? Because uh, again, so Burnley, Brighton, Huddersfield, Watford. Well, um, we've played <laughs> played most, and we've got Watford up next. Um, uh, Brighton. Um, well, you know, we're the better team on the, on the night than us. Uh, we were wretched. Yes. We were so wretched. So it's really rather difficult to say. Huddersfield, I think, probably um, probably is their worst performance of the season against us. We, we beat them quite comfortably. It could have been more. They... they they seemed slightly cowed by the by the whole thing yeah. to me. They 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 uh, they were disappointing. Um, difficult to say. I mean, I, I, I Burnley. Ah, uh, well, I think I, we should have won that game. I thought we played as uh, w- yeah. one of our better performances this season was was yeah. was at Burnley, in spite of Carroll's madness. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and, and uh, really gutting to to concede that on those decisions on the pitch are by you know players that kind of impact on yeah. the wider. Thing. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you about that tonight. Um, uh, Mark, pleasure to have you for the first time. Thanks, man. Thanks my, for having no, me. John, good to see you again. Yeah, my pleasure. And Jim, thanks for your insight on oh, West Ham. Hope to hear from you on. again. Yeah. No, no problem. That was the Whistleblowers. I'm Martin Gritton. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like Microsoft, Oracle, IBM and others, and when budgeting for software spend. To reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses, speak to Livingston today about our managed services. Over 50 multinationals across the world trust Livingston to manage their software licenses. Visit livingston-tech.com for more information. What's your thoughts on Fulham? Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river, used to have a Michael Jackson statue, and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson. But that's probably about it, because chances are you're not a Fulham fan. However, if you do know someone that supports Fulham, maybe a mate or a colleague at work, please tell them about the Fulhamish podcast that I host every week looking at each Fulham game as it comes and goes, with a nice bit of quirkiness and humour along the way too. You can find Fulhamish at fulhamish.co.uk, and we're also available on all podcast platforms, including iTunes, Acast, and playbackmedia.co.uk. That's Fulhamish, your weekly independent Fulham FC podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.